Willow. This is Ruin Willow with the Wow oh, Buck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. And I'm super excited today because I have an author here to talk with everyone. But if you are under 18, it is time to leave the podcast now. But if you aren't, you may stay. <laughs> We'd love you to stay. We're really excited to chat about writing and writing erotica and sexy stuff. So I would like to welcome Phoebe Breckenridge to the show. He writes gay erotic fiction. Welcome. Hi, my third time with you. <laughs> I know, right? There's only a couple of people that have been on three times. I think you might I think there may only be two. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, I keep cranking out the books though, huh? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And hey, congratulations on making it to the finals in the oh my God, golden pigtails. Oh my God. You know, this is the second time in three years now. But my first time making the top five in my category. <laughs> you should have been here the day I read that. I was screaming my head off. <laughs> <laughs> that's so like a high school cheerleader. <laughs> yes, that's so awesome. I think it's just amazing. And and I'm excited. I have one in the finals too. So yeah, I'm I saw excited. that. And I voted for you. <laughs> I voted for you. <laughs> that's so awesome. So when you found out, were you just like, just, you know, because it's an honor, first of all, to be nominated for at all, and then to make it to the finals. How exciting, right? I know. And for P-Boy to do the nominating meant so much because, you know, he turned over the whole Size Kings Kings thing to me after the first book Mm -hmm. um, and that there were so many people asking for more. Right. And I'm like, are you sure about this? You know, these are your characters, your creation. I just kind of put in sexy bits and edited and beta read and ended up co-authoring. And he's like, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then saw that he had posted that he had nominated both Winward Oliver and I for Golden Pigtails, mm-hmm. Winward for Rookie of the Year, and me for All Swords, No Sheaths, which I was so flattered by that. Yeah. Because, you know, again, these were his characters, you know, my idea going forward and where I saw the characters going. It just that that meant so, so much to me. It's just. And then to make the top five, it's like, OK, people must have have must have have read it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they must have liked it. Right. I hope so. Um, so much of three Size King Street princess's training especially frank slash francis really is me on the page Mm. frank you know coming to terms with who she is what she is coming out as non-binary all of this stuff that's Mm -hmm. explored in the third book really is in many ways my full experience having done the same thing just two years ago and telling friends after a year of waiting that I was non-binary as well. And the one friend who I've known forever is like, you'll love this. They were like, hello, duh, girl, we knew. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was so worried about this. But yeah, I. so it was just, it was so nice to explore, explore that. And I don't know if people realize how much of me is in the characters. And I hope that resonates and that it rings true. And apparently it has because I'm in the top five. (laughs) Right. That is so awesome. 
And so what can you tell us about Size Kings 3? Like what what's kind of like the overall thing that happens in well, the story? Well, Frank goes from this big brute power top, you know, jock guy, and falling in love with Aileen, this first-generation Irish fellow that comes to the States and is at their college. And they meet in a coffee shop, and Aileen knows right away, but he's looking for... Uh, as the title suggests, a princess, which, mm-hmm. if you've read the second book, is really Luke. And at one point in the story, Aileen says to Frank, I really want you to be much like the girl that Luke is, because Luke identifies as a girl, uses she, her pronouns, all, all of this stuff that sure. I do. I do. And Frank really struggles with that at first. Um, and how how can he, at that point, go about doing that and be everything that Aileen wants him to be because he feels that there's more there. And as time goes by, there certainly is more there. Um, And then, of course, the launch of this new store that's introduced in book two called Daniel's Secret, which is this lingerie store that came about because of photos that were taken and a Victoria's Secret that were sent to the CEO, this made-up CEO that named Ashley. but yeah, and the, and the store launch and, you know, this big fashion show in Paris and very famous people, but made up circumstances, you know, Anna Wintour makes an appearance in the book because you can't have a fashion show and a store launch with <laughs> Anna Wintour. Michael Lucas, you know, porn stars also in the book makes a brief appearance because there's some dabbling in professional porn in this story as well. And it's just, it's this love story between Aileen and Frank, that uh, queer pup, one of the followers that I have on Twitter, had really wanted to see more of their story because I had hinted at it mm-hmm. in the second one. And they're like, I want more. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you talked for a little bit and it just, it slowly unfolded. You know, a, a lot of research, places that I, you know, I've never been, never been to Paris, never been you know, the hotel that they stayed at. And luckily I found photos of the hotel that far from the Moulin Rouge. I've never been. There's this beautiful scene at Oscar Wilde's grave, which I've never been at. And luckily again, photos. Uh, Actually found a menu of the restaurant where the hotel that they're staying at. Oh, Uh, nice. You know, photos of King Louis, I think it's the 14th bedchamber at Versailles, because that's where the mm-hmm. food is at. Very cool. Just all this really cool stuff that I found that I was able to put into the book because I wanted it to be very, very realistic, you know, and very authentic to, and just not a whole bunch of stuff that was made up. Now, was, I need to clarify something you just said. Which which pronouns do you go by? She, her. Okay. And that's, all, gonna... because of, that's all because of Lucas DeCan. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I should have clarified that in the beginning. As I, when yeah. you're saying that, I'm like, oh, did I just hear that? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Um, I did an interview with Lucas. Oh, when was it? A year ago? Two years ago? I don't remember when. Okay. For my blog, you know, that's Mr. Faggot to you. And yep. it started out as this very private conversation because she had has, last I knew on her Twitter, pronouns she, her gender fluid, you know, but then is this big porn star, power bottom. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how did you reach this point to do that? And you're the first that I'm aware of. And the conversation just unfolded. And the more we were talking, I'm like, 
do you mind if I share this on the blog? Because I felt like what we were talking about, other readers could relate to. Sure. And she was very gracious and said yes. And I think it's the biggest hit that I've had on that blog as far as readers for that post, because so many people related to it and the type of stories that I write and the type of characters that I write. And at times I'm still baffled by it, (laughs) that there's such an audience for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just, you know, walking away with that interview with Lucas, part of what brought it on too was, you know, the Gay Lesbian Community Center first time back in 20 years, two years ago, first words out of their mouth, what are your pronouns? And I'm like, what do you mean? I had no clue what they were talking about. Oh. And they proceeded to tell me, and I'm like, well, that's really hard to say, you know, because this year I've had uh, professionally a 40-year career off and on in drag, and people only know me as her. Right. But then there are only people who know me as me, and not a lot of people in the middle that know me as both. Right. So it was that conversation with Lucas, and I'm like, well, if she can do it, so can I. And I'm certainly right. not near the stature that she is, or the, you know, the, I guess, celebrity, if you will, that she is. But yeah, it's, I, and just like I said, a lot of it is the audience and, and that there was such a need for it. Right. Yeah, you know, I mentioned, I think, in an, Another interview with you that the first book of similar to the kind that I write was, you know, J.M. Shadow's Dominguez Putita, you know, about Ariel, this pussy boy. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the first. And then you have, you know, Gabriel Hargrave, who write, wrote yes. The Orchid and the Lion. And The Orchid mm-hmm. is this dom femme top. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, again, this character that so resonated with me and that I've compared to literary wise you know, Armistead Maupin's Anna Madrigal, who was the first trans character that I'd read about. Sure. My first exposure to anybody trans. And I was like all of, I think, 18 when I read that story. Okay, sure. You know, so I grew up and grew old (laughs) with with Anna Madrigal and sobbed that last, you know, Armistead's last book, all about Anna. I I sobbed at the ending. I won't give it away, but I sobbed. Sure. but, but yeah, I mean, Gabriel's Dorian just resonated so much. It was like, okay, there really is, I guess, room for all of us at the table. And yeah, kind of goes back to something Toni Morrison said, that if there's a story that you want to read that isn't written, you're the one that's meant to write it. Yes, I love that line. What an what a amazing thing for her to say. And she's right. She is very right. She's very right. And I try to, I try to do that, that types of characters I want to read and the types of stories I want to read. And I just hope I now know people are resonating because I'm in the top five. Right. <laughs> and just, I noticed you're writing on Medium. I think I don't oh, think the Lord. last time we talked to you were on Medium. Is that, is that I was, was not. That started in October. Okay, nice. It's nice, isn't it? Yes. A dear friend of mine on Twitter writes Go Naked Magazine. Mm, yeah. It's a di- digital magazine that you can subscribe to or bi-monthly or um, nudist, male male nudist, predominantly gay male nudist or bi-nudist, whatever. Sure. Um, and he had approached me going, I've read your blog, and I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> 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 and he's like, and why are you doing this for free? I'm like, what do you mean? Mm, right. And 
mentioned Medium. I'm like, well, I've never heard of it. So he talked me into it. And this last last month was the most that I've made, which was close to $70. Just writing four stories a day, every day. Not all that long. Right. Yeah. Um, That's the thing about Medium. They actually like shorter pieces. I know, which is nice. Mm -hmm. I'm not having to come up with drawn drawn out plots and stories. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. thank God. I mean, I love the longer work, um, but the shorter stuff. And again, since October, 104, 105 followers. It's like happening there. And there's this audience for the kind of thing that I'm writing. I just, and I can't be the only one that's baffled by people reading what I write. Or am I? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're finding an audience and that's, that's what you need to do, right? Like that is, that is the key to... And was it able you to reach that, more? And was it you that said that the more books you have, the more people yes. notice, or the more they want to read, or the more they want to find out about you? Yep, yep. And now yep. four books, four, and working mm-hmm. on five, six, and seven as we speak. Nice. I think it's finally happening, and you know, authors that like yourself have been so nice. Winward has been amazing. You know, mm-hmm. connecting me to. Book book linker, so oh, sure. you know, all my books are in one spot. There's really yes. copy and paste thing, so people can go find it. Yeah. What I like is it shows how many times the link has been hit. The exposure now with uh, Medium. My friend Nick that writes the magazine actually there was an email. <laughs> he sends out three times a week an email about the magazine and updates and Sophia and you know things that are going on within the community. Mm. Um, but, uh, there was a link to go vote for me for a golden pigtail. And then along with a link for the book. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's introduced me to, um, I had dabbled with it a little for size Kings three with AI. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Work, not writing, just artwork. Sure, sure. Um, but he was the one that really introduced me to that. And I'm playing around with that and um, how I came up, you know, with the image for Perfect Fit, which was the new one that was released um, Christmas, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Oh, okay. Nice. But the artwork, I don't have a problem with, you know, because anybody can do it. And I do have a problem with the story. So I, I, I would never use it for stories ever. Right, right. Or, and the medium or, has actually said they don't want stories on there that are AI. I mean, I think they're fine with images, but yeah, they don't want AI, you know, stories on Medium. I remember yeah. seeing an email about that. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our special offer, go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, 
<laughs> Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean-shaven for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads. One for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. Yeah. Um. And he exposed me to chat GPT, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't use either, but had a whole, like, he does these Zoom conferences about different things. One was about Medium and groups, different authors. There were about six of us that first time talking about writing. And I think I, besides him, I was the next in line as far as length time on Medium and everybody else was newer. Oh, okay. And then, you know, sharing each other's links and what do we write about, you know, wide variety of topics. And that's what I like about it. Yeah, for sure. You know, all, all these things that can be read there and that you can make a little bit of money, which is yeah. which is nice. What? Oh, it's really nice. It's great because it has a, an existing community. And, I, you know, I try to promote it, too, because I think it's a great place. Not only do you get erotic content, you can get any topic you want and you have something to read all the time. And a lot of them are short, which is great because... We don't always have a lot of time and sometimes we want something short, right? Right. Well, like one of the fellows in, you know, from Nick's group writes about um, a vegan diet. Nick okay. writes about nudity, nudist resorts, nudist beaches, nudist travel. Mm. Uh, but then he also did something about, you know, how to make your own homemade lubricant. Um, okay. A vast variety of different things. And then he writes erotica as well. But sure. Um, that, and I think that's what I like about it. And it seems Mm -hmm. like, you know, the clapping and the highlighting and the commenting and. Yeah, it's interactive. Yeah. It's very much feedback that we don't get with book Mm -hmm. sales. Oh, so true. Yeah. And reviews, at least for me, seem so hard to come by. (laughs) They are hard to come by. I know it's hard and I get it. People are busy, but yeah, reviews do make such a difference, but it is hard to get people to write a review. It really is. And then you have people who like Winward, who write wonderful review, wonderful. <laughs> right. That's good. You need those people. <laughs> and he he's exposed me to so much in regards to writing. I don't know if you've read his work or had a chance mm-hmm. to view him yet. On his book, Homo Work, Come for the Story, Stay for the Smut. Let's okay. <laughs> say his name again. Winward Oliver. Okay. And the book is Homo Work. But, you know, it's it's memoirs. It does have its funny moments, but it also has this very, you know, these very tender moments as well. One of which is where he's talking about, you know, his his husband's uh, heart issues and long term living with HIV. Oh, sure. Which, of course, I, I relate to. But mm-hmm. throughout his book was humor, mm-hmm. a lot of humor. Nice. And 
I think he really was the one that opened my eyes trying to write in a humorous way in erotica, which I don't know if that's a thing. Oh, yeah. I think it's a thing. I have a whole series that I call erotic rom-com. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's a thing. Yeah. yeah, so I'm trying to incorporate it into the current work in progress, which is Perfect Fit 2, Pansy Craze, mm. the sequel to Perfect Fit. I'm already working on the sequel. But, you know, trying to introduce humor for the first time into stories. Mm. But with one of the characters, I almost feel I have to. Mm. The second book of that series takes place in 1926 and involves Mae West. Oh, okay. So, of course, she's known for her lines. Yeah. And a lot of those lines will, will be in it. But trying to, you know, introduce humor for the first time is a little challenging, but I'm liking the challenge. Um, sure. And I think that was the nice thing that came out of the six-day hospital stay that I had. Oh, yeah. Perfect Fit 2 is all laid out. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, conversation on the phone with Winward called and was like, saw you did this post that you're in the hospital. Is everything all right? We got to talking and, you know, he lives in California and I live in Ohio. And he's like, how can I help? What can I do? And I'm like, That's you so nice. And the next thing I know, we're talking about the book and we've got the whole thing laid out and, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. And now I just need the time to write it. Um, and I right. keep stumbling across things in researching that time frame. <laughs> Got to be included in this story. They have to be. <laughs> right. Like there's this infamous drag queen. I can't remember his name right now. I tweeted about it a couple of days ago. They were walking on Fire Island and there was the, the, the big thunderstorm. And going to paraphrase, I can't remember the exact line, but oh, is it Miss God all upset now? Well, said drag queen is struck and killed by a bolt of lightning. Oh, <laughs> Wynn was like, you can't make that up. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that's that story's got to make it into <laughs> this this new book. It's like, and that that's that's the other thing. You know, perfect fit was this time. You know, this historical time frame piece that I had not written before either. You know, a specific time frame that wasn't current. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And having having to research that. And again, someplace I've never been, which is New Orleans, never been there. Mm, right. And, you know, and especially the 1890s. <laughs> it wasn't even yeah, a lot. totally have to research that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but it, it's Stacia K. Wood that got me thinking about, okay, historical. And it was kind of my going back to my first book under my first, you know, under my real name. It was just fiction. Well, creative nonfiction about the Holocaust. You know, this love story, no erotica really to it at all. We kind of brushed the surface a little, but not much. Sure. Um, because it was my honors thesis for my bachelor's degree. That's right. I remember talking about that. But, uh, you know, researching 1890s New Orleans and the Garden District and the the Attache, and I know I'm going to slaughter the name of this, the, the Attache Swamp. Part of the story takes place in the swamp that's there. Again, never been there. Thank God for photos and research and yes, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> makes all the difference, right? Yeah, it's. I, I think that's the aspect that I like the most that I bring to my writing is the re, the research that goes in into it. You know, and oh, even yeah. even my own memoirs, it was like I could remember 
again under my real name, and they've been encouraged to rewrite it. And that's one of the ones I'm working on. And when oh, we're sure. suggested my pen name, I'll do. Um, but I could remember specific events, but I couldn't remember the date, for example. And it's like, well, when did that exactly happen? <laughs> um, yes. um, so it's a little odd researching your own life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having lived it. <laughs> right. You know, like the big march on Washington that involved something that was going on in Colorado at the time. It was the year RuPaul came out with Supermodel. It was like, okay, I knew when that was. I, I knew the events surrounding that. Could I remember the date? No. Ah. It was one of the things I had to look up. Well, when was that? I think it was like 90, 91, I think. 90 or 91, something like that. Okay. Um, But that's, you know, that part of it I just... I enjoy, uh, you know, in researching now into Mae West, I know a little, um, yeah. certainly not enough to write her and write her well. Right. Um, yeah, me neither. I just know who she is. I know images in my head. Well, are her. you ready for yeah. one of the things I learned about her? Are you ready? For yes, that? I would love to hear it. At one point in vaudeville, very early on in her career, she was a drag king. <gasps> was she really? Oh yeah, wow. there's a there's a photo of her dressed as a man. I'm like, what? Wow! <laughs> this, you know this sex kitten siren that we all know and love. Yes, exactly. Up on same here sometime, and she's parading around it as a man. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dear lord. <laughs> but yeah, it's I, the things I'm learning about her. You know that may or may not. <laughs> I think that's right. got some kind of mentioned that she was drag a drag queen you know and then i kind of did that with perfect fit because there are real people well one real person william dorsey swan you know makes an appearance in that book because he's this former slave working vaudeville as a female impersonator and was the very first to label himself as the queen of drag okay and I mentioned all of that in the book. So this very real person with a very real title that he called himself working as such, but in this fictional story, mm. you know, uh, in fictional setting and the arrest that is mentioned in that book, he was also arrested and served prison time. And that's mentioned okay. in the book. And I, I don't know, it was the first time dabbling other than Anna Wintour and Michael Lucas, I guess they would be really the first. Sure. Very real people, but fictional circumstances. But so tell me the one three you're working on right now. Is that the is that the one that Mae West is in? I'm not perfect fit. It's it's okay. okay. Perfect fit to Pansy Craze. So it's okay. 1926. Mm -hmm. Um Clo Clovis Chauvinet has been asked by Mae West to be her understudy. Okay. Her play sex so you know this idea that clovis this female impersonator from the first book who's just a teenager when he's introduced okay. in the first book is mm -hmm. now 30 ish and being asked by may west to be her understudy nice in her show sex that she's arrested for mm -hmm. and of course Kalexi, his lover who's also his brother they all go to new york with their youngest son cesar who's 16 and all moved to new york so that they can be in the show or clothes mm. be in the show. Cyrus and Morgan from the first book make it into the into the second one. They're now in their 50s. You know, and 
the parents of three children, all sons, which is mentioned in the first book and how that all comes comes about. Because so when she's arrested, how does it go forward? Well, my <laughs> or is that the secret? <laughs> well, my idea is that May knows that the cops are coming. Okay. And is told that the cops are on the way before the show even starts. So okay. May tells uh, one of the people in the show, tell Clovis to go on in my place. Tell Clovis he needs to go on. And she slips out the back door. Okay. And of course, in real life, May's arrested right after the show. So Clovis, who dressed like May, looks like May, is May, technically, is arrested. May then asks Clovis, you know, you've got to keep up the charade. May in real life ends up serving eight days in prison. He goes on trial, you know, for indecency because the show's about this prostitute um, that she sees on the street. Again, real life, you know, this this woman, older woman with $300 worth of bird of paradise feathers on her turban, but yet a ratty coat and ripped nylons and a sailor on both arms. Mm. Making not even a dollar a day. And they appalled by that. Mm. So, of course, Cyrus kind of agrees. But then in the course of things, learns that May was knew that the cops were coming um, and was doing anything she could to keep the show in the papers. And she, of course, draws the papers. Mm. Uh, And then she and this brand new character that's appearing in the book, who's trans before trans is even a word. Yeah, uh, even an idea. Um, then try to have their comeuppance, I guess, and get May back for what she's done to to Clovis and this new character, which <laughs> I, I love. Winward, he was the one that came up with this new character's name, which you're going to love. <laughs> she's she's this aging starlet drag queen by night. May thinks she's just a drag queen, okay, and doesn't live her life as a full time woman. Of course, the best she can. 1926. Are you ready for this? Yes. <laughs> Panty Lacroix. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> and Wynn's like, how many queens do you know named Panty? And I'm like, Wynn in 40 years, not one. <laughs> right. That's actually quite not the one. Name. Honestly, that's LaCroix, a pretty good name. Yeah, and Lacroix, of course, he's like, people in the know are going to know that it's French for the cross mm. and that she's crossed over. Sure. And now living full time again, best that she can, you know, 1926 as a trans woman before even surgery or hormones or anything was an option. Right. Which is the first time writing about this kind of phenomenon that existed before language was even there. Right. And I kind uh, of I'm sure it's existed for many, 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 what, hundreds, thousands of years. It just didn't have the attention or the name. Right. Don't you think? Right. Right. And it was kind of done with perfect fit because, you know, Clovis and Cyrus are these very effeminate, you know, gay men. And Clovis, of course, com- comes to turn out to be, you know, this famous vaudevillian female impersonator by the 1920s, um, used pronouns she and her throughout the book. And their son, Cesar, doing the same thing. And again, still all before language is even there that's right. and then perfect fit it's the first time dabbling in the whole mpreg idea okay and first time writing that sure. um which was um challenging in a way um 
because I knew I couldn't do it medically and I didn't want to. Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get did it. Not want, <laughs> did not want to. Right. <laughs> That's why it's the 1890s in New Orleans because New Orleans known for hoodoo. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So it's this hoodoo, I guess, spell that I stumbled across this real life spell for fertility. Okay. That I twisted. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's your right as the author, right? <laughs> the, the fit, yeah, to fit the story. Um, mm-hmm. And by Cyrus's grandfather's former slave who knew him as a little boy growing up. And now that Cyrus is 18 or 19, I think, at the time of the story, and he's married his high school sweetheart, and they can't have, they're having problems getting pregnant. She goes on to have three beautiful little girls before she dies Okay, during childbirth after the third. Um, and Tilde explains, you know, what what that spell means and that it means just girls. And he's like, well, how's the show been any name supposed to carry on? And she's like, well, that's part of the spell that you're the one that's supposed to do that. And she, he's like, what do you mean? And <laughs> Tilde's like, well, you're the one that's going to have to give birth. Nah. Ta-da, here we are. There's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be a family member that does it to you. You're like, yep. oh, you know, lovely. Um, <laughs> learning that the time frame that the word was used was sodomite. And he's like, Well, I ain't no sodomite. Right. Um, so you know, again, language still a barrier at the time frame that this story is being told. Um right. the 20s, you know, the term is pansy. You know, the pansy pansy craze, so it's kind of the height of popularity that it is now with RuPaul's Drag Race. And, you know, we're at the the forefront. And Mae West in real life in the 20s is, you know, saying that gay men have the right to marry just as much as anybody else. um, Which I knew from research that I'd done into her a few years ago. I'm like, and she's doing this in the 20s. I'm like, okay. I know, unbelievable. But, yeah, it's... I. You know, and then the show the show seemed like the perfect segue in, into the story because after her show Sex, she does the show called The Drag. Okay. To which she's arrested for again. Again. <laughs> again, yeah. Which I did not know till a couple of days ago that she's arrested right. again for it because men are parading around in dresses on stage and they're passing as something that they're not. That's illegal and... The, Isn't the show that was, crazy that that was illegal? You know, Rowan, I remember in the 80s and 90s when I first started doing drag that even then we had to have on four items of men's clothing. Really? Or we could be arrested. Oh my gosh. I and my thing that. always before I got to the bar was a man's watch. <laughs> that is and so three, crazy. I've never heard this before. I didn't realize it was. And three pairs like, of men's hey. underwear. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have to be right, speed, right? <laughs> I love it. It's underneath. <laughs> well, I mean, even this 20 story, I mean, Clovis is, again, very much me in a different mm-hmm. way. Right. Um, you know, and, and impersonating. and But then really the, the me that I bring to this story is more panty. And when had come up with the idea to take what was going on with my health at the time and introduce that into Panty's storyline. So in the story, she'll suffer a stroke. Okay. She's recently widowed, like I was now going on three years ago. Right. Uh, And that it's this created family that really rally around her in her time of need because she really doesn't have 
much of anyone else. And then to take not only just the health issues that I've had, but some of the problems that I've had with long-term friends aiming to distance themselves. Yeah. Go from being we to I. Yeah. This third wheel, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure none of it's intentionally, uh, but a lot of this, you know, anger and upset and all of the things that I've wanted to say that I'm afraid to say that now Panty can say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Nice way to be able to express our, yeah, some of our thoughts, isn't it? To to put them into a character. I found it cathartic because it's like once it's on the page, it's it's out there, it's gone, it's not mine anymore. And I know that sounds crazy. I don't think it does. No, I I get it. But so so far it's, it's worked. It's just trying to find the time between therapy and work to write all of it. And thankfully I had a notepad and five pages of notes still (laughs) from the conversation with the wind about all these ideas and writing longhand for for the first time in a long time, instead of writing on a computer. Right. And then learning just recently in the last couple of days, again, because of Nick about, um, I think it's Grammarly mm. that will check. Um, Grammarly does it to the check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yep. Grammarly yeah, is a just, tool. just learned about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a great tool. I, I have Grammarly loaded on my computer, too. It's nice. Yeah, it's been it's been a godsend. I mean, perfect mm-hmm. right now is maybe 14 pages at most. But OK, I'm just excited to tell this new story and perfect fit didn't start out as this you know 1890s now it's going to be turn out to be three books one the present but it was jm shadows is like why not just take the historical aspect to make it a story into itself right and then this idea idea of, of the 20s just seemed like it came out of nowhere again more backstory to this thing that takes place in current day right um that is all written, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the, awesome. other, the, the others have got to come first. And then this third, that the third, actually I'm thinking is going to be four, four books. Oh, okay. The yep. one that's fully written. So the third one will be called Perfect Fic 3 Stonewall. So okay. it will be all about the Stonewall riots and, uh, you know, some of the characters from the, the second one and the third one. And yeah, it's because it's like, you know, this other historical, I guess, story and and the second book of Perfect that being more romance than erotica, if you will. Okay, sure. I I don't know about that yet. I, I'm still, <laughs> still working that out. Well, is there a line where where romance crosses into erotica? I mean, I'm I'm assuming it's more sexual nature right yeah i've heard different definitions like some people think it's a certain you know romance hints at it (laughs) right like how much sex is really in it right like yeah some some romance books that maybe have like one or two sex scenes and they're not necessarily categorized as erotica but i think yeah the more sex you have in it the more likely it's going to be falling into the erotica category or erotic romance well, you know, Size Kings 3 was the longest thing I think I've written erotica-wise, and it ended up being, what was it, 280 or 200, yeah, 280, 280, 81 pages. Wow, yeah. Big Fit was the shortest at 110. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and this new one, I have no idea, because <laughs> it's still being written, and I'm still learning learning things that I want to include in, into this story. Right. Um, 
that haven't even been written yet. And, you know, getting this book about May to write about May and then finding this moment, this when it's suggested, and I don't know what it is yet, that can be in a way used against May in a way. Okay. But then I don't want to give the ending away, but it doesn't end no, right. there. You know, them getting even, if you will, uh, that there's things do go beyond that. But I don't want to give it away. No, no, you definitely don't want to do that. Yeah, this, I, this is I'm excited so... and playing around with AI to yes. come up with what I think the characters look like. Oh, yes, that's really what, fun. That right? Of what to type in there to get the results that I want. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really create be able to be creative because otherwise you're restricted to actual images out there that you can buy. So that that is a huge tool. Yeah. Not, it's really amazing. And is it just me, but AI, AI does really weird things with arms and legs. It does. <laughs> I know. I know. It does enhance. Yeah. Very I know. I've weird. seen images like, what? What is that? You know, like it doesn't even look like it's. Yeah. Like I was like trying to come up with this image of Clovis asleep in bed, you know, on top of the sheets and he's naked in the middle of the night and playing around with AI to come up with this image so I could write about it. And it, one of the images, he's got like three arms. I'm like, that's not what yeah. I do. I hear hands, hands that can't really do hands for some reason, which is really weird to me. But yeah, I, I, and then limbs get messed all up. <laughs> I know, but the, the cover art for Perfect Fit, I think it's one of the most beautiful images I think I've ever seen in a long mm. time on the cover awesome. of, a book, of a of a book it's just and that i created it i just when i unwrapped the wrapper i was just my breath was taken away mm, that's cool because that's he's good. kind of leaning on his shoulder and you don't see the second fellow's face it's you know like this embrace if you will it's very very tender it's nice which is what the story is it's sure um, besides being this hoodoo <laughs> hoodoo pregnancy thing it's Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope people enjoy it. I hope that they like it. And, and it was so ironic writing it the same time as GM Shadow was writing, you know, Daddy's Little Dividend. Mm, okay. um, yeah, we're both writing pregnancy stories. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we're both you know, reading each other's stories and commenting and making corrections and suggestions. <laughs> sure. Very cool. And I'm like, you've got to have a character that's either named Spencer or Taylor or something. You know, yeah. this not to Spencer Tracy and Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> and he's you think people are gonna get it? And I'm like, oh, I'll say what Winward does. Does <laughs> if they do, they do, and if they don't, they don't. They don't, exactly. <laughs> they listen to the podcast, they'll know now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this has been so amazing. So we gotta we gotta tell people to you know to go vo- go vote. Oh God, um, please go vote. Pigtails for and say the name again so that under all uh, tours and no sheets. Right, size kings three princess in training. Yeah, I want to win so bad. <laughs> I know. I'll put the link down in the show notes and see if people can people. And I'm gonna you know actually I'm gonna try to have this go live before the end of the voting. Oh my God. So, yeah, I can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bump you up and bring <laughs> it out before. Do you want it? Because the 29th, right? Do you want a snippet of it? Yeah, if you'd like to, sure. Okay. So, let's see where uh, this would be. Frank and Aileen. So not now, Daddy. I'm making supper. You can't get too distracted. Frank giggled. He started with leaves. The leaf. 
started with leaves of the lettuce and then set them in the sink to rinse as he said this, setting the fresh vegetables to slice in just a little bit. Oh, now that breaks rule number one, sweetie. What does? Basically telling daddy to wait to have the pussy. When we both know fully well that when daddy wants pussy, that's what he gets. When he wants it, as he wants it, where he wants it, and how he wants it with no questions asked. Most daddies would put a girl over his knee, bare ass up for a spanking. But I'll be lenient this one time since this is just the starting line of a daddy and a baby girl relationship. But keep in mind, Francis, that there are resources in my arsenal of things I can and will do. You'd actually spank me over your knee? Damn skippy I would. Mistakes need to be punished somehow. And that one is one of the easier ways to train a girl to be truly a great girl. Francis gulped silently hearing that as he had never been spanked by anyone. And she sure wasn't sure how rough a spanking alien was talking about. She wasn't sure how he was going to feel about that, but she guessed she would deal with it when the time came. Francis was just afraid to ask any questions about it. Once the lettuce was washed, Francis set the leaves on paper towels and began chopping the onions, tomatoes, celery, and cucumbers. Once that was over, grabbing the grater for the carrots and Parmesan cheese. Aileen was standing behind her through most of it, and once Francis was done grating, his left hand grabs Francis's right ass cheek where his right buttock ended and his, le- his left leg began. With his hand under the fleshy globe, Aileen moved his hand slowly up and down slightly in that spot and watched Francis's left ass cheek jiggle in the movement. Is my butt entertaining you, Daddy? Well, I do like a jiggle, baby girl. I certainly have enough junk in the trunk to jiggle. That's for sure, Daddy. Just then, Aileen playfully spanked the right ass cheek. Ouch! That sort of stung. Very nice. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> good scene, good scene. And so that is from Size Kings 3, Princess in Training, correct? Correct. New character, Ab- Abner, who falls in love with cousin Michael. Um my favorite scene, of course, is still the scene at Oscar Wilde's grave where Michael is dressed in the classic Oscar de la Renta new look, black skirt, tan jacket, black hat. You know, he's, she's standing at Oscar's grave, quoting De Profundus in French. Ah. <laughs> Oscar's last work that he wrote while he was in prison. But okay. that's my that's my favorite moment is that scene there. And there's this older woman. Um, nearby and it's like oh such a lovely young widow poor young thing just about breaks my heart (laughs) (laughs) oh very cool well this has been amazing and i'm gonna put the links down the podcast show notes where people can find you obviously you're on medium and you're on twitter and let's see on twitter i wrote down you probably have it memorized where did i put that lord no i don't breck i said breck r b r e k c k i n d g e two you right because of the okay. all the suspensions <laughs> yeah i have to make a new i know a new little at title. if it were all of the followers with all of the spent suspensions it would be yeah. over three thousand people which i cannot begin to imagine yeah I, I know, it's so hard when you get kicked off and i know i'm trying to be careful this time and people follow on twitter that's why all of the misspellings because they learned about algorithms in the process yeah. of not to tick them off and <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and so, and then anything else you want to mention where people can find you before we end? Medium, Twitter, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that's it. Is there more here? <laughs> you that is your, you your website, your blog spot. I've not done much there since November. Oh, okay, so that's less. It's been primarily medium because okay. I wasn't really making anything with Blogspot. What do it, you call yourself on Medium? Are you PB Breckenridge? PB Breckenridge, yeah. Okay, so people can find you. Okay. Yeah, you just okay. actually followed today, I saw. I did, because that's what I was I was researching you, and I'm like, hey, you're on Medium now. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think you were on Medium the last time we talked, so it's new. All, all because of Nick. So if you follow yes. Nick, his is Go Naked Magazine on Twitter oh, nice. and, and his magazines. And of course, Winward Oliver and his book, Homo Work, Come for the Come for the story, stay for the smut. Of course, Gabriel Hargrave, you know, the the lion and the orchid. I wish I'd read more of his stuff. I've not. I need to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, thank you so much. And this has been great. And we will, I will, I will obviously tag you in. This goes live and we're going to get in there and vote, right? Everybody go vote in the golden fake tales. If you hear screaming, you know, I won. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, congrats again, and you have an amazing night. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.